Now, here's your host of Sound Off, Brad Bennett. Well, here we are back with our number two. Do we have any loggers in the house up there, Kenny? <laughs> we've got Pete Wood and we've got Addie Teeters from Green Bay. Well, she's calling in from Green Bay. Yep. She's calling in from Green Bay. She work, kind of works up in that area. I'm going to let Peter, uh, well, I'm going to let Peter introduce Addie, uh, well, especially because I want I want Peter to tell me the name of the company she works for, because if I tried to do that, I'd blow it. I'd, uh, <laughs> I'm not good at pronunciation of hard to pronounce names. Well, let me let me try it, Pete. And Addie, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, Addie works for Alstrom Munk. <laughs> Munch Joe. See? See? Yeah. You know what? I, I scored that about an 8 out of 10. All eight right. out of 10. That's what I'll give you. Alstrom Munch Joe. <laughs> Munch Joe. There you go. But, well, uh, welcome, Addie. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I guess the first question I have to ask you, Addie, how did you come in contact with this guy who usually spends most of his time out in the woods uh, lopping down trees? How, how did you bump into him along the way? Well, you know, the paper and the forestry and the logging industry, we are all just one big family. I've got to say everybody, especially here in the in the Midwest region, everybody is sure. quite connected. And, and so if you know one person, it's, it's kind of like that six degrees of separation to Kevin Bacon might just yep. be the same yep. with Pete Wood. <laughs> okay. All right. Somehow we well, bump into each other somewhere along the way, but uh, it's nice to be back again, folks. Just a couple of quick things here, Brad, then we get in heavy with what Addy and what they make over there. It's, it's really something what they do there. One quick thing, remember the pellet outfit that came in last time? They're yes. In St. Paul, and right now, folks, it's getting some traction in St. Paul. It's moving along, and so the, there's something really positive happening down in St. Paul for the wood pellet industry in Minnesota, and it could branch into Wisconsin as well. Folks, you got to keep listening every month because I'm working on somebody that's an expert. I can't get him yet, but I'm hoping to. Somebody that knows the history of how forests were managed many, many years ago. We're talking hundreds and thousands of years ago before European feathers came in. That is not in the normal history books, and it would be very surprising what you think that vast forest fires came through and that's not the case, how the forests are actually managed. I'm hoping to get them in, but I haven't. So you're gonna, it could be next month, it could be 12 months from now, but I'm hoping to get somebody that's an expert on that to talk about it where you're not going to read about in the normal history books. Addie, let me just tell you that you talk about the six degrees of separation, and that's the way this Peter Wood operates, too. In the first hour today, I had a visit just for a minute or two by a lady named Kelly Pelto, who's from up on the range, and she makes soaps. She makes handmade natural soaps. And the reason she was on is because Peter has contacted her and they are now producing a spruce soap that smells like spruce out in the woods. That is fantastic. I love it. Yeah, you only got to so use it they, once a week, and you don't have to shower the rest of the week. Try it on. See how it works. That, well, I don't know about that now. That that might be a little bit of a stretch, Peter. Uh, my nose is growing, okay, Pinocchio style. <laughs> okay. 
So, Addie, anyway, tell us a little bit. Now, you are in, you're in charge of marketing and uh, things for the, is it the logging industry up in the Green Bay area? Or, or explain what you do and what kind of markets you go into. Well, really, it's what I'm, I do is I represent Ulster Munch Show, as, as you so awesomely pronounced before. Um, and we are a global specialty paper maker. So, so we have plants all over the world where we are producing just a ton of different kinds of specialty papers. And right here in, in the Midwest in Wisconsin, we actually have two pulp mills where we are bringing in the wood, the chips, the round wood, and we are, we are producing base papers that will eventually go into a bunch of different types of product offerings from food and beverage packaging materials to tape papers, um, you know, e-commerce packaging. We make medical fiber materials and we make materials that go into the building construction industry. So we are end really? use products, very, very diverse, very technical in nature sometimes, but, you know, pretty much if you are walking through the grocery store or you are just going about your day, driving your vehicle or going into your home, you are coming across multiple parts of our products. Wow. Well, the first thing I would like to say to you is that uh, you, you don't happen to have a need for a new mill, do you? We got one available out in West Duluth. <laughs> well, you know, the thing to remember, mills are very different. So, you know, the, the, what makes our mills unique here in Wisconsin is when I talk about the specialty nature of the mills, the machines are a little bit smaller. They make a ton of different grade changes at all times throughout the day. Sure. And that's a little bit different than maybe like a tissue mill or a printing and writing mill where they have bigger, yeah. faster machines and they're staying on one grade all day long. So we're definitely yep. playing in a little bit different type of nature of a business here. So you make a lot of variety of products from everything from the medical industry to the food industry. Every time somebody comes up with a product that needs to be packaged, they need to find a place that will make the packaging for it. That makes sense. That's exactly it. And I think because we are in the paper industry, because we're fiber-based in our packaging, um, we really have a lot of opportunities now in terms of what you know consumers are asking for from a sustainability perspective. And people are paying more attention, you know, to what happens to that package when we're all done with it. Can we put it in the recycling bin? Can we put it in our compost pile? Or is it going to go to the landfill and is it never going to decompose? And I think we are starting to see significant trends, especially in food packaging, where our consumers want more natural products. They want products that can be recycled and composted and they want to know that it has a good end-of-life story versus maybe that plastic water bottle. So we really sure. are seeing some really cool, unique trends in our industry right now. Addie, do you do anything with, uh, I guess, with the product once it's been used for the recycling of the of the product? Do you have any operations in Wisconsin that use the end product once it's been used up to recycle it and reuse it? Yes, there's been a lot of opportunity with the use of recycled fibers. Recycled fibers can go into many different types of building and construction grades. And in fact, we even work with 
um, another local a local pulp provider where they have the ability to take recycled fiber, go, put it through a cleaning and screening process, and it actually is FDA approved to be able to be used for direct food contact papers. So, so the wow. innovation out out there in terms of you know working with our recycled content is it's really growing and expanding. And as I mentioned before, it's it's really what consumers and the world wants us to be looking at right now. How many different mills do you uh, work with there in northern Wisconsin? Right here in Wisconsin, we have four paper mills and just okay. under two thousand employees here here in the state of Wisconsin. Wow. So you're you're uh, very diverse in the products that you distribute to. When when somebody comes to you um, and says, "Hey, I need a packaging. I'm I'm now manufacturing a new line of uh, butter. Let's say I I'm going to distribute a new line of butter, and I need uh, a product to to uh, put my butter in. Do you actually do the printing on the product, or do you just make the product and then send it to the end user who prints it? That's a fantastic question. So yes, we are really at the beginning of the supply chain where we are making the base papers that will eventually get converted into that final wrap or that final package. But when you talk about something, for instance, like butter, you really have to think about all of the innovation and all of the properties that need to go into that base paper sheet in order to make it perform. So we need to make sure that that paper has grease resistance. We, we don't want the butter seeping through the, the wrap. You know, we have to make exactly. sure that maybe it has, it has the ability to have water hold out so that it, as it's going in and out of refrigeration, you're not getting too much condensation. So, so paper is not just paper. We have so many different, you know, research folks and paper scientists who are constantly working on developing those properties so that wrap in that package can perform for whatever it's it's used to protect, but then also can that same package then get recycled or will it decompose at the end of its life? Wow, interesting stuff. Well, Addie and Peter, uh, we've got to take a break. Peter knows we're a commercial radio station. We uh, live on the sponsors that help sponsor this program and help keep uh, Peter's show on the air for a number of years with us. It's a, it's a very well-listened-to segment. A lot of people tune in, especially in the forest industry, to this uh, segment. But we're going to take our first break. So we ask you both to hang on, uh, be patient. We'll be right back after this commercial break with more on Let the Sawdust Fly with Peter Woods and his guest, Addie Teeters. Take us with you on your mobile. And listen all day and work. With the free WDSM radio app. Giant Redwood. Larch. The fur. The mighty Scots pine. The smell of fresh-cut timber. The crash of mighty trees. With my best girl by my side, we'd sing, sing, sing. I'm a lumberjack and I'm okay. I sleep all night and I work all day. He's a lumberjack and he's okay. He sleeps all night and he works all day. I cut down trees, I eat my lunch, I go to the lavatory. On Wednesday I go shopping and have buttered scones for tea. Yes, he uh, he actually cuts down trees and goes to the lavatory. I think out in the woods. I'm not sure. <laughs> anyway, Peter Woods. Uh, yep. Great segment, a great segment again. You know, 
I got to tell you, Peter, we have learned so much over the years about the wood industry. I mean, everything from, and, and some people that listen to the show sometimes get confused. Like last time when we were talking about the wood pellet industry, I yep. actually had a guy. I had a guy get a hold of me that said, "Oh yeah, well we use pellets and everything that we ship, so it's great to hear that you're making." And I had to explain to him, "No, these these are pellets that you burn uh, for heat." And but here again, we have learned that there's a an entire industry that makes wood shims uh, for the building industry and for putting yep. under furniture and things. And that's sold all over the country in hardware stores. And here Addie is telling us now again about wood industry, how the wood industry supplies uh, products that we wrap our goods in that we buy at the stores. And there's a huge need for that as well. Yep, yep. It's kind of like, folks, another snapshot of the timber industry. That's why I always call it the hidden industry. I'm thankful that Addie was willing to come on this morning and talk about what they do because it's just another spot in the world that makes a product that is being used by the end user. It's, that's why I always say, my saying has been for probably around 2012, 2013, there's only three spots that everything originates from materialized money. is mining, farming, and logging. And I never heard anybody ever say that before. You think about it, that's where it all originates. And with Addy coming on from Green Bay, I'm thankful it's another snapshot of a product that comes from the forest industry. And, and Addy, could you expound on a little bit more of some of the fantastic things that they're doing and the latest things that they're doing that is just like, wow, you're making that out of wood? Could you elaborate on that just a little bit? Certainly. I mean, I think, again, people can take a look at, you know, like a piece of furniture. You could take a look at a, at a piece of food packaging and you can maybe think, well, there might be some paper in there. What people don't always understand is some of the innovation that goes behind it. So, for instance, we have paper products that are going into the chip technology, into a credit card, or there's paper-based products that need to go into all of the different filter media that's being used in, in things like air filters or medical products. An additional example, which, again, can kind of tie it back to that end-of-life story, would be a coffee pod. So you think about how, especially, you know, people are, are being really careful about, about self-service and, and hygiene right now with some of the, the pandemic issues. So people want to use those individual coffee makers. We have been able to innovate a 100% fiber-based and compostable coffee pod so that even if that coffee pod ends up in the garbage and ends up in a landfill, it's going to decompose as opposed to a fully plastic coffee pod. So these are all things that consumers are asking us to innovate for them. And honestly, we're asking the same thing of, of consumers is, you know, take a look at your packages. What can you do to support, you know, the local logging and timber industry by using fiber-based solutions? Also, then you know that you're, you're making a better impact on, on the environment around you. Now, the other thing that we have found out from uh, our shows with Peter is that even the wood industry, a lot of the uh, mills have now gone into the production of fibers and uh, clothing, things like that. I would assume right now with the huge, uh, you know, because of the COVID pandemic and things like that, somewhere along the line, somebody is manufacturing gowns for the healthcare industry that is probably made out of some sort of fiber product. 
100%. In fact, many of our medical products in our business had a significant and immediate demand in order to respond to the COVID pandemic, from face mask material to gown material, bed sheet material. But then what we also found with some of our customers is we were, we were getting tapped for unique things, for you know, some of the triage temporary housing um, and hospital units that were being put up, some of the walls. There's paper-based products that are being used in a lot of those structures as well. And then the other area where we saw significant increase was e-commerce, as you can imagine. So everything from the boxes to the packaging materials to the water-activated security tapes that are being used on those boxes all of those things became such an increased demand when people stopped physically going to stores and they needed things shipped to them immediately. So while certainly there's parts of the industry that perhaps went down because of some of the effects of the pandemic, our frontline workers and our folks both in the woods and at the paper mills, they immediately responded to the needs of the pandemic. You know, Addie, it's interesting you, you talk about uh, packaging stuff because I I just finished a story, reading a story not too long ago about how much, because of this pandemic, because of the COVID-19, how much mail order businesses have increased their use for boxes and packaging materials. And there's actually been mills that have started up and reprogrammed do just to providing cardboard packaging and things for a lot of the industries. Yes. And, you know, the one thing, too, is make sure you really take apart those boxes and those shipments when they come, because maybe you can recycle the outside box. There might be some plastic components in there that might have to go into the garbage. But really take a look at as you're getting all of those packages these days, what can you do to perhaps recycle some of those materials and get them back into that stream again? Because we'll be able to reuse those eventually. Well, listen, we have to take our bottom of the hour uh, Fox News break. I hope you'll both hang on. And uh, when we come back, we'll talk more about the kinds of specialty products uh, that maybe you're seeing an increased need in, Addie, uh, over there in the Wisconsin area. So, Peter, hang on. We'll be right back with more. Your Twin Ports home for the Packers. High-stepping touchdown! WDSM. to get you a new turntable you're you, you got a little drag in the wood chopper's ball there i'll check the needle might be dusty <laughs> that could be could be makes a person feel young again doesn't it yeah it, did, it certainly does well peter wood this is your this, this is your program so uh, so talk to us a little bit talk to Addie about uh what other things you want to let us know about as far as the uh, marketing of wood products yeah, well, thanks, Brad. It's it's always a pleasure to come on, folks. And Addie, having somebody like Addie on, it's a lot of times that's why I get quiet because these folks have so much information that's excellent, excellent stuff. And listen to what she's saying about the, she's not just hogging wood and trying to spew it out. She's concerned about uh, the environmental stuff, just like recycling, composting. She talks right. about it, and this is how we all are. We're not just a bunch of knuckle draggers. And one thing I wanted to 
hit on is, Addy, could you tell the folks, I know your mills are in the, it's easy to say the Green Bay area because everybody knows where that is at. Could you tell the folks how far out you reach to grab your raw resources from the logging community so the loggers know as well? Because there's a lot of loggers in Wisconsin, Minnesota, listen, so they get a good idea. Some people don't realize that you don't reach just five miles out. It's a ways out. Could you elaborate on that a little bit? Definitely. So we have paper mills in Rhinelander, in De Pere, which is just outside of Green Bay, in Mosinee, and, and Kakana. So we, our paper mills are spread out all over the state, and that means that we also have to procure our timber from all, all different parts of, the, of not only Wisconsin, northern Wisconsin, but also the upper Michigan area. And, you know, I think it's really important to talk about that, you, you know, like you were saying, Pete, that sustainable timber harvesting. I mean, we are so passionate about it. It's maintaining healthy forests. It's making sure that we're providing, you know, raw materials for our sustainable paper manufacturing. But I think it's important for folks to know that paper makers, we live and we work, we hunt and we fish, you know, right in these communities where we are in our wood basket. So we are really, we're kind of, instead of, instead of tree huggers, I, I was telling Pete the other day, I like to tell people we, we like to give the whole forest a hug. So by there making sure that we do sustainable timber harvesting, we're keeping these forests really rich and prosperous for generations to come, while at the same time procuring raw materials for these very sustainable products. And you well, have Daddy, never you know, run out, have you? Uh, what Addie is talking about is so critical because when when we look at, for example, the mining industry, uh, that's very critical here in northern Minnesota. But when you mine a product out of the ground, it's gone. But with tree harvesting, you you harvest that tree, but you plant more than you harvest, and that trees are always going to be there. And it's really creating healthier forests because you're reducing pathogens, you're reducing, you know, invasive, invasive species that might come along, and you're taking these products and you're using them in multiple different ways. But at the same time, we are audited by multiple different agencies to ensure that we're doing what we say we're doing. And so sure. um, part of this is to make sure that we're protecting water quality in the areas, that we're protecting wildlife habits. For instance, I remember not too long ago, there was a long-eared bat that liked to hang out in a bunch of the trees that we were trying to, trying to procure. And because of that darn bat, we were not able to take the trees. <laughs> so, you know, we, we, we are held accountable to make sure that we're protecting all of the wildlife around us as well. When a manufacturer comes to you, or let's say somebody that has developed a product, a lot of times I would think that it might be multi-tiered packaging that that is needed to be available. In other words, if they manufactured a product that maybe has a sharp edge on it, you might need plastic to cover that part of it and then have that packaged into another uh, part with cardboard. So there's a lot of these that probably where you've got to work with a manufacturing on providing multi-levels of packaging. You know, that's absolutely correct, and that's really, when, when we take a look at what are we doing to challenge our customers and what are we doing to challenge ourselves, too, to, to think, you know, pun intended, think outside the box, we're taking a look at those traditional structures where maybe they start with a fiber-based structure and they, yet they still have maybe a non-renewable plastic or film component, and what can we do to, to maybe change the way that looks? 
you know, some great examples of that would be if you think of a kid's juice box. You know, there's a lot of kids' oh, yeah. juice boxes that are, you know, they're turning into maybe a cardboard solution, which is great. But then you take a look at that little straw, and it still might be wrapped in plastic. So what can yep. we do to work with the brand owners and the manufacturers to change that to a fiber-based solution so that when that kiddo is all done drinking their juice box, they can put all of it in a recycling bin, in a compost pile, or again, even if it ends up in a landfill, you know it's going to break down and decompose. So those are the kinds of multi, multiple-layer things we're trying to take a look at and figure out. We know that fiber-based and paper-based solutions aren't always going to perform exactly like plastic, but maybe we can make some accommodations to get people thinking differently. I was thinking too, Eddie, when you were talking about my idea earlier about butter, I had not even thought you've got multi-layers of of wrapping there. You've got the butter that has to be wrapped and then the butter itself, once it's wrapped, gets inside another wrapper uh, and you have to worry about not leaking that product out. There's a lot of things that go into providing packaging for a, a product, isn't there? There is, and, and there's, you know, there's so many test methods. I remember, I, I've been in this industry now for about 15 years, and I remember walking into one of my colleagues' offices years ago and literally seeing a slab of butter on a piece of paper on his desk. And even though we had all of these very, very intricate test methods that we could, we could check out the grease resistance, he still wanted to see it for himself. So he had that slab of butter out on his desk for, for quite some time just to make sure, you know what, we are, we're making this grease resistant, we're serving the customer, and I need to see it for myself. So there's so much innovation that has to go into it, and that's why we're constantly challenging ourselves to make it a little bit better, make it more sustainable, and, you know, what are the things that we can do to get those consumers thinking differently? You must have quite a few people that are just in the R&D end of your product constantly because you're talking, you got to keep this machine going. A lot of folks, you got to have a lot of people just in the R&D end of it. I got to say, you know, our, our paper makers and the maintenance folks, they are so important to this process as well because we've got, you know, the machines, you don't put in new paper machines. That does not happen every day. So, These paper machines are old, they've been around for a while, and we have to keep not only the preventative maintenance of them up, but we also have to make sure that we're always pushing the machines to perform better and to do these innovative things. So, um, you know, it's a combination of engineers and the maintenance folks and also those paper makers and those machine tenders where they know those machines inside and out and they know how to push them and they know how to get them to do different unique things. You know, Eddie, I got to ask you, my mind's thinking as you're talking, can you think of the craziest thing you've ever been asked to produce packaging for? Oh, gosh, that's a lot of fun. I mean, there's there's been some really unique ones through the years, but we've had to do some really fun things, I will say. Maybe not so much crazy, but fun things. One of my favorite yeah. things I love to share share with people is Reese's Peanut Butter Cup Paper. So we have our we have one of our smaller mills based just outside of Green Bay, Wisconsin, um, in De Pere, Wisconsin, and they make all of the, the the paper cups for those Reese's peanut butter cup papers. And it's really, it's really <laughs> we've had that, yeah. It, and it's it's something you know. There again, it's something that you don't necessarily think about when you're eating that candy. But that paper needs to hold out the grease of, of the peanut butter. It needs to be able to keep that chocolate and that peanut butter cup secure until you're ready to eat it. 
And my children are always telling me, you know, we, we need to eat more of those and buy more of those, Mom, because we got to help the business. So it's, <laughs> it's a lot of fun. <laughs> of course, we have the pulp mills, too, where we are we're taking these, these trees from folks like Pete and we're getting them into the mills and, and getting them cooked down into pulp, which creates a lot of steam when we are, when we are cooking the pulp. So my children love to tell people that Mommy goes to work and she makes clouds and paper. So even even though they don't let me near the machines too much, that's my job apparently is I make clouds and paper. Oh, well, guys, it has been enjoyable having you on again. Peter, you always uh, amaze me with the kind of guests you find that really uh, bring us a lot of good information. And Addie, thank you so much for spending some time with us this morning on on Peter's uh, edition of uh, Let the Sawdust Fly. Well, I really do appreciate letting us come on. I'm thankful some people like Addie is willing to come on and talk. That's why, folks, I wanted her to talk a lot about their products because it's another snapshot about the timber industry and how critical, how important, and how much you use it every single day of your life. You use it every hour of every day. And Addie, Brad, Kenny, and the folks out there listening, I'm so thankful you took a little time out of your day to listen about us, the hidden industry. Until later, let the sawdust fly, folks. Peter, thank you so much. we got to take our Wisconsin news break, and then we'll be back with more here on Sound Off in the Morning. WDSM time is 9.54. Great segment there on Let the Sawdust Fly, Brad. Good stuff. That was that was very interesting. I mean, she, she had uh, brought up some issues about the uh, wood industry that I never even really thought about before, how much goes in with... Uh, cooperation between marketing and uh, different companies that want products uh, made to protect and ship their product out. Yeah. Great stuff. See, I'm-